0: to lgbtfc the podcast covering the lgbtq plus experience of the beautiful game a story at a time this is episode 37 that's right snaps y'all welcome to my co-host bryant
1: Woo! i'm back you're
0: back bryant. yeah i guess
1: unlike the u.s women's national team coach this podcast knows how to sub in
0: huh? oh that's a burn was that too soon I don't think it was too soon. I think our audience will appreciate that. I mean,
1: I I have heard rumors that he's on the outs.
0: I think he's gone already. Oh, is he? Okay. I believe so. Well,
1: probably by the time this comes out,
0: he's out. Before we jump into any more content here, let's just give our pronouns here, how we identify. My name is Luke. I identify as gay, and my pronouns are he, him, his. And my name is Bryant, and I also
1: identify as gay, and he, him, his as well. And you're my husband. Well, that happened too. (laughs) Before we get into this episode, we first want to ask that wherever you download or listen to LGBTFC, please rate and review us. Tell all of your friends and family about the show. Tell people that you sit next to on the bus or on the train or in the football stadium. Yeah, at BMO Stadium. Yeah, and this is how we can let others know about what we've been up to here at LGBTFC and help get the word out. And so please rate, review, spread the word, publicize get us in a newspaper. All the things. All the things. Skywriting. (laughs) We will accept it all. So please mark it on our behalf.
0: There you go. Well, our last couple episodes have been about the Women's World Cup, and we're going to have a lot more to say about that because we're very close now to the final. But before we get into that, we want to just give a quick update on our local teams. So Angel City FC, the women's professional team in LAFC. First up on Angel City, who, as it turns out, did not win their final Challenge Cup match by 10 goals, as Daisy had hoped. She was not so prophetic in that wish, was she? (laughs) Oh, Daisy. In fact, they didn't win at all. Instead, they drew 1-1 against San Diego. So they are out of that tournament. However, they still have a third of the regular season still be played, with seven games to go, and they're just four points out of a playoff spot. So, Bryant, that means there's still a chance. There is. And the other thing I would note
1: is they're undefeated in their last seven matches since getting rid of their previous coach.
0: I mean, it is not a good record for a coach that the team improves once you leave.
1: But it's pretty (laughs) remarkable. I think it tells me something, something about how they're gelling and something about how their interim coach has stepped in and really raised the bar for them. So it's pretty cool to see. It is. I would also just note, they seem to be having more fun. They seem a lot looser. Looser and yet at the same time connected with one another, which I think was missing early in the season as they felt a bit disjointed and Mm -hmm. uptight. And now they feel a little bit, like you said, a little bit happier, freer, like they're having fun. So it's been a shift that is palpable
0: from the stands. Yeah. And then on the other side, on the men's professional side for the Los Angeles Football Club, We've been kind of poo-pooing this whole leagues cup experiment this first go round during this year, which which is a tournament between MLS and Liga Amekis. But then LAFC go in in their very first game, they crush FC Juárez seven to one, the most goals they've ever scored in a single match. And then the ne- very next match, they take out a pretty strong Rail Salt Lake team, 4-0. to zero. So suddenly for us, Black and Gold Faithful it's like, all right, we're in. Where does this tournament go? I mean, it,
1: it's definitely easy to get interested in a tournament when you're winning. Yeah, and when you score 11 goals in two matches. That is true. Um, and <laughs> those were both really fun matches. And we saw Nathan Ordaz come in and, yeah. and score his goals. And and of course, Denny Buonga lighting up
0: the doing, field. Denny doing Denny things. Yeah, Denny doing Denny things, including a front flip. He did a front flip. So for those people who aren't familiar with what happened next, it's a pretty, uh, pretty difficult game for us because of the way this whole tournament rolled out. They weren't actually going to play it at our typical home stadium. Went to the Rose Bowl, which we were just there about a month ago and had a very unpleasant experience. The stadium is cursed. The stadium is cursed. And it turns out it really is cursed because it is we went cursed. in, we scored in the second minute and then again, in like the 30-something minute, we're up 2-0 at the half, which for this team means we're good. We're on cruise control, right? Like we don't lose games by multiple goals in the second half. Well, we did. And lost to Monterrey 3-2. The stadium is cursed. Yeah, never want to go back to that Rose Bowl ever again. No, maybe the swap meet. <laughs> I just want to also note that when we talked with Ilie Sanchez on our episode back in December, we had him on during the offseason, and We talked about how they had all these different trophies they could compete for. Well, with the League's Cup now no longer happening, we're basically down to MLS Cup or bust because they're not going to get Open Cup. They didn't get CONCACAF Champions League Cup. They're not going to be able to get the Supporter Shield. There's very little left. It's basically get the MLS Cup if you can, and that's our one shot at any kind of maintaining the glory of the 2022 season.
1: But how bougie does that make us sound? (laughs) I'm sorry, like, oh, we're only able to compete for one championship. Like, that sounds pretty
0: <laughs> highfalutin. It does. And there are 29 teams in Major League Soccer. So, you know, and you've got only so many trophies to go around. Yeah, we've
1: been a good team and we've had a yeah. lot of success very early in our team's, you know, formation. So the, the fact that we're only competing at this stage for one trophy, I mean, we're still competing for a trophy. Yeah that's the important part.
0: I've seen some people posting on social media about Coach Dolo out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, are you kidding on, me? No. This dude's been winning stuff for us left and right and I appreciate that. You know, it feels a little bit just dis- it's incredibly disappointing when you have a game like we did against Monterrey, and we were losing giving up three goals and the last 30 minutes of the game but that's the exception not the rule and yes. there were there were a couple seasons earlier on where i remember distinctly being mortified when we got to the last 10 minutes because i just knew we were going to give up a goal and we did almost every single time i mean even like the last three <laughs> minutes or stoppage time it was yeah. like it's
1: still nail-biting
0: yeah so we'll see what happens LAFC are still very well positioned to do well this season they are likely going to make the playoffs they're likely going to be even hosting a game or two in the playoffs and we'll see what happens from there but as far as the Leagues Cup they're no longer in it it's down to the final between Nashville and Miami Lionel Messi just tearing things up and making MLS look silly it's gonna feel like the battle of lemonade like pink
1: lemonade versus regular lemonade (laughs) so you'll you won't unsee that folks if you're watching that match it's um, the
0: lemonade derby it's the
1: lemonade derby there we go <laughs> that's what i'm gonna start calling it i hope that let's make that go viral there you we go there we go but really i mean i think we should set our sights on a bigger tournament that's going on internationally globally
0: what's that brian
1: well i don't know if you've heard but there is a big women's world cup going on right now. And on our last two episodes, I wouldn't
0: know more about it if it wasn't happening in the middle of the night.
1: I know that's <laughs> true. And you know what? Here's where Daisy could have added a lot more flavor because I know she's one of those people that's been getting up yeah. or staying up till 1 and 3 a.m. in the morning to watch all those matches. I have not had that dedication. <laughs> I do wake up and I check the score line. And I will watch the highlights, but I can't muster the one a.m., three a.m. viewing parties. Some of us gotta work. Some of us gotta <laughs> bring home the cheddar. But on our last two episodes, we've had guests who support the Netherlands, Ireland, Philippines, and the U.S., and all of those teams are no longer in it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we have thirty-two teams. And we're down to four. It's bound to happen. To a well, few now people. we're down to two. Well, yes. The other two teams are going to play in a third place match. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, you got me there. But we're down to the final and I guess the bronze medal match, if you will, right? So in the final, we've got Spain and England. Spain scored late to beat Sweden 2-1.
0: And that that was a killer goal, too.
1: I mean, it was bizarre. It was like the, you know, Spain player and like what felt like 15 Swedish women between her and the goal. And somehow she still picked out the underside of the crossbar and got it in there. Yeah. And then England beat Australia three to one. What, what. I know so yeah. sad because Australia <laughs> was really having a such a deep run in their own country.
0: Yeah, Apologies to our listeners in England, who I'm sure are ecstatic beyond their wildest dreams. But I was kind of rooting for Australia in this one. They just... They Had the hometown crowd and some of the video of these massive crowds just get, just getting so excited and so into it, it was just like, oh, come on now, come on now, pull through.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's hard not to cheer for them. I um, mean, obviously they were the underdogs. England's coming off of a, a yeah, a, England are good, a, a pretty significant win in their own right just a couple of years ago. So that matches this weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I couldn't even tell you the date and time. I
1: think it's um, <laughs> Sunday early morning, 3 a.m. Oh, West perfect. Coast time or maybe 1 a.m. I don't know. It's early Sunday morning for us. So, Wonderful.
0: Well, I did want to just offer an additional little comment because since our last recording, the U.S. women's national team was eliminated by Sweden on penalty kicks because it was a scoreless draw. And there were some pretty gnarly things said on social media. There was some pretty... It was pretty ugly. And the thing that sort of struck me about all this was these folks were going to say that they were raring to say this at any point that the U.S. women's team lost. They were raring to do it four years ago and then the U.S. women's team went on to win, right? But then here they are four years later and they were just ready to go and so they just shot out of a can in the moment. And of course, Megan Rapino, everyone all the right-wing folks, mm-hmm. favorite person to hate on, is one of the people who misses a PK so then she becomes the additional source of their disgust or whatever. Totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. A couple of thoughts. One, she's 38 years old. That she's still competing in this tournament? Please, I'd love to see any one of all of those folks who are all like meh, 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 about the U.S. Women's National Team. Put yourself in there. I doubt any of them could come close to the quality or the sheer tenacity that she brings to us, let alone the athleticism. Give me a break. But then, far more importantly than that, she has already proven herself year after year after year, she's got nothing to prove to these people, nothing to prove to them, and that they think that they've got some leg to stand on to to be all negative on her because, oh, by the way, she also has opinions about things and is willing to say them. Buzz off. Well,
1: and I think you're totally right that people just had their venom queued up, ready to spit. Right. And what's sort of fascinating about it all, it's like they're sort of proving the point that these women and it's not just these women, it's the women that's come before them as well, but have advocated and paved the way and and really tried to create a movement for better pay equity better resources better support and you're starting to see that and hear that from the other countries and I, I think it's it's showing up in their play right yeah. and I think when you if you got to see some of the quote-unquote like behind the scenes or the aftermatch videos or pictures or shots like you see all of these women connecting because I think it's a, a shared experience and the fact that there's all of this vitriol and toxicity coming at them, because of being out of the, the World Cup, I think reinforces the point that they were achieving despite everything. Yeah, And so my hats off to the U.S. Women's National Team, the current one, the past ones, and all the players that have been a part of that legacy. Thank you for representing our country and for fighting so hard on the pitch and off the
0: pitch. Absolutely. And then one of the interesting things I would note is they were going for a third World Cup win in a row. Yeah. That's never been done. Brazil has never done that in the men's game. Argentina has never done that in the men's game. There's been no women's team that's ever done that. And this was already... They've already won four World Cups. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Give it a rest. So, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got to say on that, Brian. All right. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regular listeners know we love having guests on our show. In fact, since we kicked this whole thing off in June of last year, Brian, we've had on over 70 guests.
1: That is... I mean... The guests and their stories are some of the most compelling parts of this show. And so that's pretty remarkable to know that that we've heard from 70 people and their stories and how they've come to the beautiful game and what, you know, LGBT representation means to them. So kudos to this platform.
0: Well, and if you've just given us all of that praise for all of our guests, the reason they're bringing this up is because we're not going to have a guest on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> It's just you and me, Bryant. Well, we'll make it work. That's right. That's how we do. So we're going to have our day and gay in just a minute. But before we do that, a couple other little housekeeping notes I just want to offer for folks. One, Daisy was going to be with us. And Daisy, we got you in our thoughts. She's dealing with a little bit of emergency right now. So, you know, Bryant, thank you for stepping in and handling things with a plum.
1: Of course. Again,
0: subbing in off the bench. That's it.
1: Super sub. And the other thing I want to note
0: is that... We are actually going to have a little break here on the show.
1: An international break, if you
0: will. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Brian, we're going on a little vacation. We are. Yeah. So we're going to go on a little vacation. And that means we might be able to find someone or someones to share some of their stories with us. We might do a little on-the-road episode. We might not not for lack of trying. Uh, let me tell y'all, I've been asking a lot of folks to see if I can find someone that we can talk to on this show. And one of the responses I got from some folks in Berlin was, well, we don't have LGBTQ supporters. And I thought that seems wrong. But, you know, keep digging. We'll see what we can find out. And uh, maybe, we'll have, maybe we'll have a guest or two to, to share with y'all on the road and maybe not. And at the very least, we'll be back with more episodes in another month. All right. We'll be right back with our day and game. Now it's
1: time for the Day in Gay, where we bring you news connecting the LGBTQ community and sports, and especially stories that are about the beautiful game. Well, first we're gonna have a few stories about
0: television, Bryant. I love TV. <laughs> <laughs> and our first story comes out of Mexico, where a transgender woman won the very popular reality TV show La Casa de los Famosos. Woohoo! Congratulations to Wendy Guevara and her win is a first for a transgender woman on reality tv in mexico she won by getting 18.2 million fan votes beating out three other finalists
1: that's a lot of votes (laughs) that's a lot of votes yeah
0: yeah that's pretty cool yeah and wendy is from leon oh yeah a city that our L A S C listeners know all too well She also has over 6 million Instagram followers. So we just wanted to give a shout out to Wendy and say congrats. And more importantly, thank you for your courage and visibility, Wendy. Oh, absolutely on that last
1: piece, for sure. So, congratulations, Wendy. Okay, let's stay with TV. Let's stick around with TV. Let's do it. Okay, two actors came out recently in the past, like week or so, uh-huh. including one from a game show that Luke and well, you know what? Really, it was mainly Luke that was on, <laughs> and uh, and one from a scripted show that Luke and I both watch. It's a little um, weird hearing you refer
0: to me in third person. Here. I know, but
1: you know <laughs> that's how it is. So the first up is Wayne Brady, who's a fifty-one-year-old comedian, and he's been the longtime host of. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. And Luke actually was a contestant on Let's Make a Deal <laughs> as a Christmas clown. I was a, cr- <laughs> and he won. I won. He won a dinette set. <laughs> I won a dinette set, which means we won a dinette
0: set. Which but, means we did, and also. Don't win a dinette set. If you're going to be on a game show, you don't want to win a dinette set.
1: I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It it could have been much, much worse. But in any case, back to Wayne Brady. Back to Wayne. So so Wayne um, recently came out as pansexual. And then he described himself as, quote, bisexual with an open mind. Ooh. Wow. Not just bisexual, but bisexual with an open mind. I know. I I love the openness. Um, He actually had a a pretty funny video. I don't know if it's TikTok or Instagram. Maybe it was both. You know what? I'm old. So I wind up seeing the TikTok videos on Instagram. I'm going to own that. Okay. In any case, in the Instagram post where he came out, Wayne shared that he'd been afraid of having his manhood questioned, but now says that a real man isn't afraid to be honest and happy. That's awesome. I know. So I want to say congrats to Wayne and I hope that he is happy in his honesty.
0: And also thank you to his family for being so loving and supportive of him because his ex-wife, his kid were all very supportive and he noted that how their support has made a difference for him too. That is huge too. So
1: congrats Wayne and thank you Wayne's family. And then, like we said, from one of our scripted shows that we like to watch, 19-year-old star, one of the stars of Heartstopper, Joe Locke, came out as gay. All right. Yeah. And so Joe plays a gay character on the show and has said that he's been out, but more privately, more to close family and friends since he was 12. What's that like, being out since you're 12? I don't know. (sighs) I'm jealous. <laughs> um, and Locke's co star, Kit Connor, who plays his love interest on the show, came out last year as bisexual after he was accused of queer baiting. And if you haven't seen the show, you absolutely should. It's super charming. So charming. Um, but now, you know, with Joe being out, with Kit being out, and then they actually have a third actor on there, Yasmin Finney, who's transgender. That's so right. They they have a very representative cast of characters, or I should say cast of actors on their show. And so that is, that's really cool to see.
0: It's very cool to see. And it's a show that if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I strongly encourage you to do so. It's very short episodes. It's just in the second season. I think the first season is only like eight episodes or something. And each one, like there are there are difficult things that they're sort of grappling with in this, but it's always done in a way where it never feels like, oh, this is an existential crisis, or this is going to be really painful or difficult. It's more just, oh, okay, so we sort of figured it out that way. And oh, there was that thing. It, it puts things in a context where it's not just everything so incredibly difficult, but manageable and finding the moments of joy. And they use... Some other kinds of imagery in there with cartoons and stuff that is also really, really sweet and endearing. Well, and you sort of joked about him being, you know, out at 12
1: and maybe the shift that we're seeing because it, it takes place in a, in a high school. And so maybe the shift we're seeing with younger generations of that acceptance and inclusion is reflected in the scripting of the show itself.
0: Yeah. Well, staying in the realm of television, Brian, we're just going to keep talking about TV, huh? I
1: mean, it's like extra, extra. <laughs> or was that no that was the bad show right with with trump on the bus oh gosh Or was that access hall in that, any case that's a callback
0: here we go we're gonna shift though to the beautiful game and a story that we've intentionally avoided talking about for quite a while on this show so as not to give away any spoilers but if you haven't watched season three of ted lasso by now too late here comes some spoilers or
1: maybe just like fast <laughs> forward a minute
0: yeah just fast forward a minute or so two. so check the time fast forward a minute there you go bing bing Well, we wanted to applaud the folks at Ted Lasso because they featured an openly gay player as part of the show's third and apparently final season. Colin Hughes, who was played by the actor Billy Harris, is featured in the show's opening scene in bed with another guy. And that story becomes a central theme throughout the entire 12 episodes of season three of Ted Lasso, including some really, I thought, touching moments, some really special, very sweet things. And frankly, for me, one of the most important parts about all of it was seeing the way they modeled acceptance by other people of the character Colin in the show. And I I just wanted to say thank you to the Ted Lasso folks and, and just acknowledge like, that's a big deal for this sport for as much as people follow soccer and watch a, a show like Ted Lasso to see something like this modeled for a league which frankly they're playing in the Premier League right like that's the where they the team is based we have no out players in the Premier League but here was something that was modeling if something like that were to happen here's a way that, that could be handled with love and care and kindness and I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna add one more thing until in terms of how it was handled from a media perspective, right? Because Trent Krim, the Independent, yes. uh, is sort of tailing around with the team with his reporter hat on, and I feel like so often we hear about the media sort of speculating around sexuality and outing people before they're ready, and he proved to be a confidant to Colin and his character, and and I thought that that was really well represented to so as not to force him out but to provide some of that safety absolutely and now for an item that is following up on our last episode where we shared that 96 of the players who have been competing in the women's world cup identify as lgbtq plus there's a follow-up story from outsports which points out that all four of the semifinalists sweden spain australia and england have out players and australia has 10 count them 10 10 ten out players Megan Rapinoe once said you can't win without gay players and that's very true at this 2023 world cup and so in fact of the eight quarterfinalists only japan did not have an out player that's pretty wild yes and and it shouldn't be right it like, shouldn't be yeah It shouldn't be. But I I still think that it, again, speaks to the distinct differences between the men's and the women's game and the amount of acceptance and inclusion and celebration of people, irrespective of their sexuality.
0: And one of those players on the Australia team who scored a banger of a goal in their semifinal against England and unfortunately missed a couple other possibly great chances, but has been very much a star with that team for years is Sam Kerr. And Sam, we just want to shout out to Sam because she has been really visible about her relationship with U.S. women's national team midfielder Christy Mewis. That includes immediately after Australia's big quarterfinals win on penalty kicks over France, where Sam went up to Christy and gave her a big kiss. These two, Sam and Christy, have been dating since 2020. They're an international women's soccer power couple. So we just want to shout them out on this day, gay. We just want to thank them for being unafraid and public and visible members of our community showing and demonstrating to the world that love is love and they love each other and they are not afraid to let anyone know. And just being unabashedly them. So kudos to them. Kudos to them. Well, that is it, Bryant, for our day and gay. righty, right. We'll be right back. And that's our show. One thing that I learned today, mostly because I put it together, (laughs) was that Australia had 10 out players competing in this Women's World Cup. I mean, that is pretty big time. That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. I think one thing that I learned, or at least that's sticking with me, is just the part about Wayne Brady's family really rallying around him and supporting him and how powerful that support is. And so I want to end on that sort of idea of making sure that we're supporting one another getting away from the, the venom and toxicity that we talked about with the U.S. Women's National Team and really focusing on how do we better support one
0: another and be humans. Love it. Well, before we go, I just want to remind folks that we will be quiet for another few weeks here while Brian and I were taking a much-needed holiday break, yes? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, das ist gut. <laughs> das ist gut. If we do happen to find someone that we can talk to, we certainly will. We'll certainly put something together for you while we're on the road. But either way, our next regular episode back here in L.A. won't be for another month or so. So if you haven't already listened to our extensive catalog of episodes with over 70 guests, this would be a great time to go back and check some of them out. It's always good to binge a pod. There you go. Binge the pod. 36 episodes preceding this one. And maybe even if you've listened to one a year ago, and you're like, well, what was I guess I... Go back and listen to it. Re-binge the pod. Re- <laughs> Re-binge the pod. We welcome that. We encourage that. We love it. And we'll be back with more original content before you know it. And until then, please,
1: if you haven't already yet done so, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Our handles are... LGBT underscore F C
0: P O D. So that's LGBT underscore F C pod. That's right. And special thank yous to Brittany Dunton for our music, Ray Dang for our artwork, Melissa Sanchez for our social media, Cheer LA for their cheers on our music, and Pride Republic for their financial support. And thank you, Bryant, for stepping in and being an awesome guest co-host. Thanks for having me. That's our show. Have, Have a, a gay, gay day. day.